world of Pokemakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us JD and Alex. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battle. We're here to create all new Pokemon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time we talked about a post-game area in the north of Ulsea, a volcanic glacial region, naturally ice and fire, giving that whole fun vibe and this lava flowing into snow piles. And we made a post-game legendary Pokemon. A mythical Pokemon. A mythical Pokemon to go with it based on Mothman, because we got a whole cryptid thing going, called Twymoth. A bug normal type. Yeah! Today we're continuing the work we started two weeks ago of filling in the rest of the routes, this time in the southern half of Olsea, so we're heading over to the town map. So I'm less familiar with California in general than Oregon, so I didn't have ideas just readily come to me for this one. I had to do a bit more research. But what I found, like, it just it just fits a particular feature that California has in abundance that is very distinct to mostly America, but also a lot of them relatively in California. National parks. Oh, okay. With a yeah. bunch of biodiversity and all sorts of fun environments to yeah. explore. So we can base the roots in the southern half of Orsia on the national parks of California. Part of me was like, man, I wish I'd thought of this sooner for the northern half, but there aren't nearly as many national parks in Oregon and Washington. I believe Crater Lake is actually the only national park in Oregon, and we've already based an area on that. Yeah, I think there's one in Washington. Yeah, there's a couple. But again, the kind of vibe that those have, we already have covered. Yeah. But you're right, fun fact, a reason why California and Hollywood became such a staple place to film movies is because California has such a wide variety of terrain. Yeah. You can fake almost anywhere some Somewhere in California. Let's base a route on Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah. With, for Joshua Trees, a completely unique type of tree not found anywhere else in the world. That's a fun terrain thing. Yeah, that's very cool. Yosemite National oh, Park. Yeah. We've already used Death Valley for the post-game area, and that's fine, but one I haven't seen as much on, Lassen Volcanic National Park. I don't oh, really cool. know that one, but mm. I'm sure it's fun and interesting. Also, not a national park, but still a cool area to base on, Lake Tahoe. Yeah. California just has an absurdly interesting environment compared to so many places. Yeah. It's a huge state also is the thing. Yeah. It, it covers a wide range yeah. of climates. Yeah. Going as far down as Mexico, all the way up to where, like, Oregon starts. So you get pretty much everything within that range. Yeah, I mean, like, it's doing the same work as both Oregon and Washington combined in the northern half yeah. of Orsia. So let's put some specifics in place then, I suppose. Okay. Tell me about the Joshua Tree National Park. So Joshua Tree, compared to a lot of places, it's one of the hotter areas in California. Yeah. It's not particularly green. It's more of like a scrubland? Yeah, very much. So yeah. it's like a little bit, like, kind of deserty, like, dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's not quite sandy, but very... Dusty and dirty. Yeah, dusty was the word I was looking for. Yeah. So the Joshua Tree is they look, I mean, they're, they're fascinating, right? They already grow in this particular climate, this very exact desert climate. Yeah. They've got to be somewhat similar to cacti, at least in mm. parts of the development. They've got needles and such okay. in a similar way. They've got very thick, knobbly branches, I guess. Yeah, and then just kind of like little tufts. <sighs> the clumps of... Yeah. yeah. They're like weird pine trees. They're kind of like a cross between a pine tree and a, and a cactus. Yeah. It's also a very rocky area. You're showing me a lot of these pictures, and they're like at nighttime with like these beautiful skies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be such a cool feature. Maybe just for, I don't know, flavor reasons, whenever you go through this place, it's nighttime and it's really pretty. So Sword and Shield, well, Sun and Moon to a lesser extent, but Sword and Shield really showed that the idea of the story mode, at least, having a fixed time of day. Yeah. Unless you're in the wild area in Sword and Shield.
Shield, until you've beaten Leon at the Pokemon League, areas are fixed as to what time of day they're set in. Yeah. So, like, you'll go through certain routes and it's nighttime because essentially you're playing through the game and it is over several days. You stay in hotels overnight. Yeah. In those yeah. ones. And, like, we could absolutely have something similar to that going on. I would love that. Just, just yeah. to, like, just make it, like, really pretty. Yeah. So, that one is more eastern. It, like, does start to overlap a bit. So, it's more towards the southeast. It's, like, partly towards, like, where the Death Valley sort of area is. So, I forget where on the, the currently existing Olsea region map is the post game area in the south. Should Billsborough be a bit more where D is? Yeah. Yeah. Move some of those routes up a bit. Yeah. In which case, this could be Billsborough towards the Tarpits. I don't know, like, how oh, that yeah. matches up no, quite, but. I think that, that that would probably work out. Yeah. Billsborough, Joshua Tree area around it. Yeah. We can call them Bill Trees. <laughs> Bill Trees. <laughs> That sounds about right for, like, placement for that. Let's look at Yosemite. Hey, just a quick note from Alex. We realized after the fact here that I mixed up Yosemite and Yellowstone, which seems to be a pretty common mistake. We go into some details about Yellowstone to inspire some of the areas here, but we're just gonna roll with it because it's Pokemon and it doesn't need to be exact. Galar had some sandy deserts and some icy tundras, so Olsea can have some mismatched national parks. My bad. I've actually been to Yosemite. Cool. What can you tell us about Yosemite? That's the one with the geysers. So, geysers. Yeah, geysers are really cool. Gorgeous natural rock faces, but a much greener area. Yes. And lighter colored rock. Mm-hmm. It's mountainy. There's yeah. like a lot of wildlife, a lot of trees. Mm-hmm. And it's a great big camping area. Yeah. You could have... These don't necessarily have to be like single routes either because they are like such big areas. Yeah. It's just like connected routes potentially. Yeah, like roughly where are they? So, like, so this could absolutely be like linking San Vincenzo on towards the Laventon Forest. Sure, so like you head out of town into this cool geysery area Mm -hmm. and then as you pass the geysers it becomes more and more foresty yeah. tree like which like Yosemite is very much like that yeah yeah it, like it sort of bleeds together a bit the roots focus more on there's a river with stones to jump across as mm-hmm. well yeah. yeah you've got the geysers you've got less dense foliage and trees in general yeah and then it becomes to... denser and denser as you move forward yeah yeah I love like a gradual transition from one place to another mm-hmm. let's talk Lake Tahoe yeah what do you know about Lake Tahoe not a lot it's the second deepest lake in America okay you know what the deepest is? Lake Michigan? Nope. It's Crater Lake. Oh! <laughs> Crater Lake is deep. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because, like, it doesn't seem very big. It's not It's, it's not as wide. It's, it's deep. not very wide, but I guess it's deep? Because it was formed by a crater. Yeah. It was formed from a, you know, um, you know what Tahoe means? Mm-mm. It means lake. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's Lake Lake. It's a lake lake. Yeah. There's a lot of lake lakes. Yeah. The world is filled with lake lakes. Here's Lake Tahoe from space. That looks like a foot. It's like a big footprint. Oh, gosh. Well, now it has to be actually shaped like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> and we're implying it's some sort of poke cryptid. Uh, you're completely right. That's fantastic. <laughs> It's from a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, this is, like, the remnants. The way that Crater Lake is, like, from a crater hitting, yeah. like, millions of years ago. So here's another area where we can do almost the opposite of what we did in the north here, where in the north, you had that route that I described that was quite short, but had rivers running alongside it to explore other areas, mm. which you couldn't access until later on when you had the surfing capabilities. This is the exact opposite. You come here earlier in Pokemon North when you've already got the ability to surf. Yeah. And so you can take the shortcut 
through the water. If you're playing yeah. in Pokemon South, then you don't have that ability yet. You have to take the longer path around the lake. Yeah, on, on which, land. which builds in a difficulty level. Yeah, regardless and just of where like you're starting. And just the fact that it's a later game area for one game compared to the other. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's doing that oh, counterpart. That's very good. Yeah. Yep. Second deep is like in the US specifically. It says okay. here. So there's probably something else in Canada. There probably is in Canada. Canada's pretty big. It is. A maximum depth of 1,645 feet. Wow. Crater Lake reaches 1,949 feet. It deep. Yeah, it's a deep lake. The fact that you've got these deep water areas makes you feel like maybe we do need to have some kind of dive ability. Ooh. But I don't know what that would be exactly or why. Because it's cool? It is cool. <laughs> Underwater Underwater route The fact that we've got Crater Lake being something Quite different already anyway Makes me think that like Well that area should really Just be that like You just travel further down As part of the Victory Road And reach a tower At the bottom of this area <gasps> That would be so cool Like From the edge of the lake You can see the top of the tower Yeah So you gotta go down to the bottom And then work your way up To the top yeah. of the tower Yeah I think that's like Certain Sheikah Towers In Breath of the Wild That's cool. Where you come in like And they're at the bottom of chasms And you can see the top of the tower But yeah. not the bottom yeah. But in this case, you have to go down to the bottom to get in. Yeah. You can't fly and climb up the side. I don't know why you can't, but you can't. There's it's, not a door up there. Yeah, I mean, also just we don't have the same kind of glider ability. We talked about something. We just don't have the same abilities. It's not the same game. Yeah. It's not Breath of the Wild. It's not Breath of the Wild. It's Pokemon. Let's look into Lassen Volcanic National Park. So this is the one I knew about the least going in. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. Um, it makes sense. The entire West Coast, there's a lot of volcanoes. I mentioned yeah. this last time. Yeah, so we can't just do... It can't just be, this is a volcano. Volcano. This one's a dormant volcano. Yeah, like it's still very hot kind of area and there's stuff going on. Like maybe you see some smoke every so often or something. But Some steam coming off of it. Yeah. But the... it's not an active mm -hmm. one in the same way. The dominant feature of the park is Lassen Peak, the largest plug dome volcano in the world. What does that mean? Instead of being opened, it's got like a mound of dirt on top of it. That's, well, there you go. That's keeping it from exploding. Perfect. It's the, got like a plug on it. There's a whole different thing. Maybe there's still an indoor cave area where you can see some lavery magma. Ooh, that would be cool. Because the one we had in the north was distinctly a volcano that had erupted. Yeah. Like Mount St. Helens style. It's got the big crater in the top of it mm -hmm. from having blown. Whereas this is more of just like a mountain that is also a volcano. I got steaming. Oh, it's like hot springs. Mm. Craggy. Craggy oh, land. Oh, this is good clay. It's, it's craggy land, but right next to a river with trees growing on the other side. That's just a fascinating image right there. Like, yeah. The fact that the land got that dry right next to a river. So that's where the heat is evaporating the water out sure. of that particular patch of soil, mm -hmm. creating more of a dry clay mm -hmm. sort of substance. But there's probably less direct lava flows underneath the other side of the river. I mean, it's hard to describe how. You You've got to just see images of this. Like, it's just, they're just gorgeous, colorful, vibrant, distinct areas. It's very cool. So, okay. Like, yeah, my, a, lot of, a lot of clay. You're right. Yeah. My thing is that this is very similar to Yosemite in aesthetics. Well, I think we keep the hot springs just to the Yosemite-based okay. areas. Okay. Whereas the craggy ground and okay. steaming sort of area is more okay. over here. Just kind of like a dry lake bed. There might be a river still flowing through. And then the banks on the shore are all craggy and dry. Yeah. And maybe there's some heat 
heat coming up off of mm -hmm. those. You also get more orange areas because of these clay deposits. Love orange. Yeah, because this is more towards the center of the region. This is north of Lavington Forest, mm -hmm. connecting through potentially to like Kurtston and maybe Starland. Yeah. It could be a slightly bigger area because it's got a lot of different diverse areas to this. Sure, yeah. Even if it's one of the lesser known ones. Yeah. In some area that also just straight up is a dome volcano. Yeah. I think that mostly covers it apart from again specific ones that might connect specific mm -hmm. towns and we have a few other smaller areas that we want to work yeah. with and also going into Victory Road specifically around Cosmo Lake yeah but I think we can save that and do a whole focus thing on that mm -hmm. and go into more details and depth about what our Victory Road constitutes because yeah like the first few are a bit samey but they did start getting a bit more interesting after then we could do some fun things for the Victory Road area yeah I loved using the National Park yeah it, this, it, it feels just, so Pacific Northwest too. It feels very Pacific Coast. This part of the country, like we're big into nature. We're yeah. big into like parks and hiking and like, outdoor stuff because uh, this part of the world is incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And so like it, people come to just like lavish in that. And I love that like so much of this region has taken, has taken, it makes my heart happy <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. I mean, California has more national parks than any other state. Yeah. It just fits. We didn't even, we, we even got all into all of them. Yeah, I love nature. Yeah. Speaking of nature, let's go and make some living nature. Yeah! Let's go to Who's That Pokemon? Alright, so since you were leading on this episode, I am assuming that you have some kind of Pokemon idea for today. Frog. <laughs> we're gonna make a frog. Okay. Yeah. I love a frog. Brief rundown of the history of frogs in Pokemon. Yeah, there are some frogs already. Infamously, Poliwag, Poliwhirl, Poliwrath in Generation 1 are tadpoles that don't develop, I guess? They're based on like that specific... Yeah, there's a clear belly frog and you can see the intestines inside and that's part of the inspiration. Yeah. But Poliwrath is not a frog, it's still a tadpole. Yes, yeah, true. Which is weird. Yeah. But like, they are like the prototypical Pokemon alongside bugs. Satoshi Tajiri, as a child, went out catching bugs and tadpoles, Poliwogs. Yeah. That's the thing. They didn't get to become a frog until Generation 2 and Politoes introduced. And Polyrath never does get to because it was a three-stage line. So it's not, it's a branch evolution. Sucks to be Polyrath, I guess. I like Politoed a lot, though. Yeah. I <laughs> it's like very cute. To be fair, Polyrath is also quite cool. Polyrath like a is cool. Type combination. But that's not the only frog in Generation 1, of course. No. Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, and Venusaur are frogs. Yeah. The translated name makes you think they're dinosaurs. Nothing about that in Japanese. And if you watch the move in more modern games, Games like Pokemon Unite, Pokemon Unite, Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee, and Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap. Oh yeah, they're clearly frogs. They move like frogs. They've got moves like Frogger. <laughs> Generations four, five, and six then like just gave us frog after frog after frog. We've got Krogunk and Toxicroak. Mm. Then Gen five gave us Timpole, Palpitoad, and Seismitoad based on like vibrations and warty toads. And then Gen six gave us, of course, Froakie, Frogadier, and Greninja. Uh huh. And then Gen seven and eight, neither of them have given us a frog. It's been a while since we've had a frog. Huh. And they've mostly been water type. We're going to make a grass type frog based on partly a tree frog. Oh, cool. Plenty of tree frogs here in Oregon and the yeah. Pacific in yeah. general. Yeah, there are chunks of Oregon that are literally rainforests. Frogs very, that live in trees. It's tree going to be a tree frog and then it's going to evolve and it's become a flying frog. Oh, 
yeah. Specifically, very specifically, do you know the Wallace is flying frog? No. So it's not a flying frog that you get here. It's found in like the Malay Peninsula, Indonesia, Borneo, Sumatra, a different part of the world. But it flows thematically, and we don't have to just have Pokemon found in this specific yeah, part of the world. That's yeah, that was never a rule. But look at this frog. Oh yeah, that one. It's such a cool frog. Its feet spread out like giant fan they wings. They look like big umbrellas. Yeah. Like umbrella feet. And do you know what we're gonna make them look like? What? We're gonna make them look like leaves. Yeah. Because it's a it's so it's a grass type. It's a grass type in its final stage, it's a grass flying type. Yeah. It, you know, frog, grass frog, it lives in the trees, it's a tree frog. Tree frog that flies. I've been watching a lot of videos about the Wallace's flying frog. It's cool. What kind of sound does it make? I don't know. <laughs> It's it, like generally speaking, it's kind of hard to find. It's found in the rainforest, and it's often like night in the videos where people are finding them, and they uh, don't have them for very long. Like because they fly away. Yeah, that's the concept. Cool, I like it. Yeah. The only other question really is, it could just be the two stage tree frog into flying frog, or it could be a third stage with a first form that could either be it could be a tadpole, mm. or it could be like something more based on like frog spawn, because that's not been done as much in Pokemon. That's fun because I'm getting like a combination of frog spawn or like tadpole or frog egg yeah, or whatever yeah. with like a seed. Oh, okay. Like a seedling yeah. tadpole. I hadn't thought about that. I thought about just like because they lay their eggs on leaves. Yeah. And then they lay them on leaves above water. Yeah. And then the eggs as they're becoming tadpoles just plop down. They just fall into the water below. Yeah. Which is it's fun. Yeah, that's a fun concept. I like doing it as a three stage because we haven't done as many three stage Pokemon. Yeah. I think we could do with a couple more. I can picture like a little seedling. The seed is a fun aspect I hadn't considered. Like a little seedling tadpole, little yeah. seedling frog spawn. You know what I'm picturing? Go on. It's a Digimon. Okay. It's green. It's got four little legs and then like a plant. I think it turns into Palmon. Oh, Tanamon. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. Just like a little frog seed dude. I think rather than the leaves coming out the head, you've got a tail. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The tadpole tail can just be a leaf. And I think to play into that tadpole aspect of it, you make it a little bit like the Solosis line. Specifically, just you make it like in a little bubble. Yeah. It's, it's the part yeah. that I'm going for there. Yeah, it's in a little bubble and there's a little leaf sticking out. Yeah. A little seed-shaped kind of thing then inside a bubble. One of our classic round scoopable Pokemon. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> we love, we love a scoopable. Pokemon. <laughs> so, little round leafy tadpole evolves into a tree frog, and like you don't have to do too much to make a tree frog. Like it doesn't need too much distinct going on, really. No. It's... What comes to mind is the one with like the yellow feet. I believe Polytoad has that color scheme already. I know that there are a lot of other varieties of tree frog, but that's hmm. like the classic. So Polytoad's hands and feet are very much yellow. Yeah, I Polytoad has tree frog vibes, but I want to go more for that orange. Yeah, it's more realistic. And if the if the orange feet become leaves, then they're like fall colored leaves. <laughs> can we do a seasonal one? Like deerling? Oh. Can we have can we have seasonal frog feet? Hmm. Can we have seasonal frog feet? <laughs> I'm not sure how well this works because part of what works with Dealing and Swordsbuck, Swordsbuck especially, is that it's more about the branches of the trees. Mm. I think what might work a bit better in that vein is just it's got a coloration and then a shiny that's more autumnal, or Fine. its base is autumnal and it's shiny. It's I want more its summery. base to be autumnal. And like, I want fine. it to I... have like a greenish body and yeah, then yeah. like orangey, big leafy autumnal feet. And then for the summer form, you invert that. Yeah. The body is more orangey and the hands yeah, are, are yeah. more green. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. The final stage as a flying frog, it just writes itself. 
big leafy. Its hands are giant leaves. Yeah. And apart from that, you don't have to change too much about it. Maybe it like wants to be a bit bulkier than your average tree frog to be a third stage. Sure, yeah. So I guess like what What's the middle stage? Yeah, like what do we want to do with the middle stage besides just what it is? It's literally just polytoed again. <laughs> Well, I think doing the focus of it being on all four feet. Yeah, instead of upright. Because I believe, I'm thinking them through, really only Bulbasaur, Ivysaur, Venusaur have been frogs on all four feet. Yeah. Pretty much every other frog has been on two feet. Yeah. Which is a weird trope to have done almost every single time they've done it. Weird. Because frogs don't do that it's at weird. all. So for what it's worth, the tree frog you're thinking of, the red-eyed tree frog with the bright red eyes and the orange yeah. hands, feet, is found from Mexico through Central America to Colombia. There is also a Pacific tree frog. It's just a lot less vibrant. Yeah. It can have inspiration from more than one thing. Oh, for sure. And coloring it more vibrant is just making it a Pokemon. Yeah. We could blend some aspects of both of these. I like mm. these stripes on the, the... um Yeah, they've got like... The Pacific tree frog has a brown stripe across the eyes and down the side of the face. And probably to play into the coloring more, if we're going with the red, we could make that stripe red yeah. to match the eyes and everything still. Yeah. I do like the really big, bulgy eyes. Yeah. That I think has... It's... It's been sort of done with frog Pokemon, but less so. I'm specifically picturing the kind of eyes they gave Froakie. Yeah. Probably like less yeah. like skin around Yeah, them. yeah. Rounder. Yeah, rounder. Bulgier. Less like, oval and kind of more on the side of the head. Yeah, yeah. The hands, the fingers, really exaggerated big round <gasps> balls on the end. Yeah. Oh, and they're like, um... Buds? Buds! Yeah! <laughs> it's got big round buds on the end of its fingers that become leaves. Some Pacific tree frogs seem to have like very blue. They've got some blue in them, yeah. Yeah, look, they're so vibrant. Gosh. They're vibrant to say, don't eat me, I'm poisonous. I mean, they're not poisonous. They're not. No, red eyed tree frogs are not poisonous. So they're probably just mimicking other they poisonous are. animals. Absolutely, they are. Because there <laughs> are a lot of frogs that are highly poisonous. Yeah. We can make a point of that. We can make a point of it. Our tree frog does not know any poison type moves. No. Big wide mouth. Oh, yeah. tongue. Viney tongue. The tongue being a vine is very good. I don't want to make that like the focus. The hands are the focus. But for the one. middle stage, when the when the hands are more, they're still like I think like a big focus point. Okay. They're gonna be because they're gonna be brightly colored. They're gonna be exaggerated features. Sure. They're gonna be big. Yeah. Its tongue being a vine is good. I don't want to go too all in on the idea of the tongue though, okay. because that's very much the focus of the Froakie line. That's true. Like Greninja with its with tongue its scarf. Tongue literally. Yeah. Yeah. I think just playing into those bright colors a lot for the design and like making them very blocky. Yeah. Yeah. Big blocks of bright color. And like really exaggerating features in the size mm -hmm. of them and like their proportions. Yeah. I think we'll we'll do a lot of that heavy lifting. Like yeah. I'm thinking like really scrawny little arms with like big hands. Yeah. Maybe it's overall with the way it plays with the color. It looks almost flowery. Yes. Yeah. And that's how you that's how you essentially you Pokemon it. Yeah. It doesn't need too much work because it is such a gorgeous looking creature already. I mean that's it really. I don't need to go into a huge long spiel about it. No, it's very good. Names and abilities for frogs. The etymology of tadpole is incredible. Is it? It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. It's Middle English. Tad is just toad. Sure. Pole. Just head. <laughs> it's a toad head. Toad head. It's just the. It's just. The, it's just the head of the toad. It's not the whole toad. <laughs> Tadling? I like ling for like seedling. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I can go with ling. And bling being yeah. something small and young. Yeah, tadling, I think that, that works, that flows, yeah. Tree words. One word that jumped out at me was arbor and arboreal. Ooh, that's a good word. Yeah, arborog. Arborog? You think that's good? I really like that. All right, then arborog. Arborog is the middle stage. Arborog. 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 
Oh, that's totally like yeah. Because like I, I, that, that's a big part of what I like about that. It sounds like a frog noise. Arbrog. Wait, I mean, it, frog sounds like. A is frog it Arborog or just Arbrog? Arborog. Arbrog. 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 You don't know the Budweiser frog. I'm, fami- I'm vaguely okay. familiar. It was referenced in The Simpsons. Oh, okay. Bud. Wise or but yeah. wise or and then they get eaten by a crocodile that goes course. <laughs> um, so like the three syllables sort of was reminiscent of that. Arborog. Yeah. Arborog. That's fine. And then a flying frog, a flying frog, or a gliding frog. Ooh. Frog glide. Uh, you can get some like leaf in there. Foliage. Mm. Or like falling leaves, like like autumnal maybe. Hmm. It's like a fun word to throw in there. We could also draw specifically on Wallace, as in Wallace's flying frog. Wallace and Gromit. What? We call the frog Gromit. That's so far removed <laughs> from anything. You have to go through such an absurd chain of logic to get there. It's word association. Uh-huh. It comes back around. Mm, how does it come around? Gromit is a dog. Yeah-huh. <laughs> Go on. Well, there's two ways you could loop this around. Uh-huh. Uh, the style of Wallace and Gromit, the eyes are kind of positioned on top of the head, much like a cartoon frog often is. Uh-huh. Alternatively, dog rhymes with frog. <laughs> We've come full circle. No! We've done it. No. Parachuting. I've connected two dots. You've, no. <laughs> Parachuting. Looking at the word leaf. Foliage. Foliage. Froglage. <laughs> Frogliage. Frogliage. Photosynthesis. Frogtosynthesis. Chlorophyll. Chlorofrog. Chlorofrog. I don't. I don't hate chlorofrog. It's just. It's a leaf and it's a frog. What do we give the middle name already? Arborog. Arborog. Maybe they swap. Maybe chlorofrog is the middle stage and arborog is the final stage. Okay. Chlorophyll. I'm thinking about an individual leaf. Yeah. Arbor. Then... I'm thinking about a full tree. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm thinking more in the lines of like the final one has leaves, but I guess mm-hmm. that makes it more like it is a tree. So tadling chlorofrog. Arborog. Arborog. What if we still spell it with ph? That's fun. Frog with the ph is fun. Is it still c h l o? We could spell it without the H. That's true. Abilities? Now abilities. Having given the name Chlorofrog, we probably can't get around giving it the ability Chlorophyll. Yeah, that sounds right. Another leaf ability is Leaf Guard. Which is That's a, not bad. It prevents status problems in sunny weather. The thing with that is, like, I, I wouldn't want to give it double sunny weather-related things. That's fair. Especially since frogs thrive a little bit more in the rain. That's a very good fair point. Rain abilities. So there's dry skin, but that feels more like a toad nope. kind of thing. Yeah. Right? No, frogs need wet skin to be alive. That's part of the thing. Pokemon that have the dry skin ability, which include Krogunk and Toxicroak. Oh. During harsh sunlight, they lose HP. During rain, they regain HP, and also, like, fire moves do more damage to them, and water moves help them regain HP. Huh, okay. Yeah. They'll put a pin in that, but it's not the worst. Yeah. Hydration, though. Mm-hmm. Hydration heals status problems in the rain. I like hydration. and hydration. And then let's go with something, consider something a bit out there, a bit okay. different, that could okay. be, like, a hidden ability that does something odd. Sticky fingers. Sticky. Particularly for the middle one, maybe. I don't know Yeah, what they can does, have different ones. Like, sticky Hold, stick hold. Items held by the Pokemon are stuck fast and cannot be removed by other Pokemon. So we could have the hidden ability be ones that change that the evolution, you think? Yeah. What about water bubble for the tadpole oh, yeah. stage? Which is the signature ability of Dewpider and Araquanid. Uh-huh. Yeah. It halves the damage dealt to them by fire type attacks and doubles the power of water type moves used by the Pokemon and it prevents from being burned. What does it do in its final flying E stage? Because it has something just like adaptability, 
it. Adapt it powers that moves that are of the same type as it. Adaptability is good. Let's just go with adaptability. Yeah. Adaptability is fun. It's good. Arborog. Arborog. So today, we have made some roots in the southern part of Althea, inspired by California's many gorgeous national parks. And we've also made a Pokemon. It's a three-stage line, starting with Tadling, which evolves into Chlorofrog, which evolves into Arborog. Tree Frog slash Flying Frog Pokemon that can glide and have leafy hands and bright colors and a leafy and froggy. So thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows in the network, such as... Them's the Facts. Home Viewing. And our other show, Sorted. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter at Admiral Amara. And you can also find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. You can also find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. Or you can come and hang out on the Pocket Podcast Network community Discord. And send us all your thoughts and art and the concepts and reactions. And frog. And frog. Send us your frog. <laughs> Bye. Don't send us a frog. Don't don't actually mail us a frog. Do mail us a frog. No. In the meantime. <laughs> but until next time, gotta, gotta make them all. all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Do you like the Dresden Files novels? Tabletop role-playing games? Improv? Adventure? Or butt jokes? If not, I don't know if we can help you. Hi there, this is Michael, the host and game master for Green Mountain Mysteries, a Dresden Files RPG actual play podcast about four ersatz heroes fighting wizards and monsters in Burlington, Vermont. Come for the grand urban fantasy adventure full of diverse characters. Stay for the many butt jokes. Seriously, one of the players is playing a proctologist. It's just mwah, chef's kiss. You can listen to new episodes of Green Mountain Mysteries every Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Send us frogs. (laughs) 